Welcome to the Cycling Central Podcast. I'm Philip Gomes, and joining me are Anthony Tan, Rob Arnold, and Jamie Finch, Penninger. Uh, we're doing this Tour de France pod now because it will be our last big one before the actual race starts on the 2nd of July. And some of us, uh, like Rob, I'm pretty sure, uh, will be a bit busy. Will you be, Anthony? Um, I'm actually kind of uh, doing a bit of research this funny thing that they teach in journalism school about <laughs> the stage previews but I'm don't ask me any questions beyond stage six and uh, yeah so we're getting this done a little bit uh, a little bit early uh, in the lead up to the tour because uh, many of us will be will be busy preparing for the tour I think uh, I think Rob is uh, when are you heading off to France I, I leave on the 28th of uh, this month mm-hmm. which gives me a couple of days on the ground to acclimatize and make sure I don't get hay fever don't know how I can do that, but anyway, we hope, with fingers crossed, and uh, and then and then it's uh, it's going to be my twentieth uh, Grand Départ. Really? Yeah, but it won't be my my twentieth tour because I only did the first week of the first one. Right. So I'm not asking for a medal this year. That that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, but does Christian doesn't Christian award? Didn't he give Tomo an award? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Last, but last last year? you get your accreditation, you've got to nominate how many you've done, and I'm just going to keep saying nineteen. Uh, yeah. Right, okay. So yeah. you don't get that. Okay. Like, Why well, don't you want to get that award from? Well, I can't um, get it yet. You... He's got to do f- twenty full tours. Is can't that... just do a half baked one? What What anniversary is the twentieth? Is it the paper one, or is that frankincense or myrrh? I don't. I can't remember exactly. Oh, I don't know. Twenty uh, fifth is silver, so I guess it's just paper. Okay. I don't know. Wood. <laughs> is twenty? I don't even know. Copper. Sure. That was Jamie. That's right, and we're, he just we're, turned up in the studio just before we went on the air. That's so right, perfect, perfect timing. <laughs> tardy, tardy young people, um, but there is a reason why we're doing it a little bit early uh, because we're still a couple of weeks out from when the tour starts. During the tour, we're going to be doing uh, short, sharp uh, pods about what happened that uh, that night. I think Jamie's going to going to feature pretty regularly. Okay, good. Ho- hopefully. Yeah, well, that's the idea. I think that's I the mean, idea. Yeah. That's right. We're just looking at the action of the each stage and um, our thoughts about what's happening in the race. That's right. And um, you're also going to work some of the uh, the night shifts for us. Yeah, just um, monitoring social media for you guys yeah. and uh, making sure the stream goes up okay. So yeah, and writing a race report and. Oh, is that what I have to do as well? Yes, you will. Oh, okay. and I, d- I didn't stage, tell you that. Uh, and the stage preview. July just looks a whole lot different. <laughs> Actually, no, sorry, Jamie, I'm doing that. There's a lot more work than uh, than he realised. When's, yeah. uh, when's the that was during a sting in the, the tail. Where, When is the during the tour pod? In, is it morning, evening? Uh, it'll be afternoon, midday. Mm, yeah, around okay. around lunchtime. So we'll just record uh, record. No, it'll be mid afternoon. I think. Yeah, two o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, around there. No, let's we'll do it over it. lunch. We'll, we'll do it at lunch at, um, I don't know, Aria or something. Do we do it French style? Maybe with a baguette and just a glass of wine, Chinking some nice of wine cheese. Glasses, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, maybe we can do that. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's get started with the discussion and uh, be back in a sec. And as mentioned, yes, we're a couple of weeks out from the tour, but the warm-up races are either done, like the Criterium de Dauphiné, and uh, or about to be done, like the Tour de Suisse, and I think there's the Route du Sud, uh, where Nara Quintana, who's one of the favorites, is racing. So I think we're, you know, we're pretty well well established. I think, uh, you know, to properly assess the relative form of many of the riders and who may be racing. All that remains is to see who and t- turns up in which national champions jersey. Ah, yes. Yeah, you know, that's the weekend before. Yes, that's all, except for Australia. 
Oh, yeah, of course. And South, and Africa. South Africa. South Africa. And, and New America. Zealand. And New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> but the Europeans, you know, yeah. like, yeah. They all, they all do them in one weekend. Like the true. olden days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I kind of always look forward to that. I always look forward to how the teams will, will kind of work the kit mm-hmm. into the team uniform. I think, uh, you know, Spain with Valverde from last year, I think Movistar didn't do a very good job of making it obvious that he was national champion. No. What are we going to do if Nibali doesn't win in, in Italy, you know, and he has to turn up in a normal kit? Yeah. Who is that guy? Who's that guy without the tricolour? Yeah. That feels but weird. But Nibali won't be in the tour, will he? Is, yeah, yeah, is yeah, he yeah, racing, he's is gone. he? He's gone. He's uh, going to work for okay. Fabio. Okay, let's, well, let's let's actually start talking mm. about that, okay? So maybe we can start alphabetical with... Alphabetical order? What, in terms of riders or in terms or of teams? teams? Don't know. No, I think we oh, should... I thought you meant alpha is in terms of who gets to go first in... We can do um, that as well. Yeah. Can we can we can we start with the green jersey and the man of the moment, Peter Sagan? Anthony? Will he win? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Well I heard I I've heard murmurings that Gripel is gonna go for it, but he's he can't get he can't haul his butt over the mountains like Sagan can and uh until that's possible then Gripel won't won't feature. It's not like it used to be, did it? Well, is it? You know, like I remember 2003. That was so exciting. We didn't know until the last day. We didn't know until the last sprint when Cookie and Robbie had their headbutting session. It was fantastic. And now it's sort of one in intermediate sprints. I don't think it's not compelling. You don't think so? Not as much as it was. But it will be this year, and I'll say why. Okay, go. Because Sagan, the four-time winner uh, the last, of the last four green jerseys, is on uh, Contador's team. And uh, also, he's got the rainbow jersey. Does he want to keep, you know, he, does he want to show off the rainbow jersey or ride in a... Uh, no, no, no. Of course, he wants to win another green jersey. But he's got other priorities. And Michael Matthews is going to be there. And hopefully, this time, hopefully, he won't be injured. And I think that the route has the opportunity for Matthews to give another Australian another green jersey. Jamie? Well, that's a big call from Rob there. I personally am on Tanny's. Not afraid of big calls. Yeah, I'm personally on Tanny's side in this one. <laughs> Um, Sagan's just too fast in the flat sprints and he's really good on the uphill finishes as well. And there's a few of them which is going to take the likes of Greipel, Cavendish, mm. those mm. guys, uh, Kittle, out of the green jersey qualifications. And I don't think Matthews is fast enough to mix it with Sagan on the flat sprints. So it's going to be tough for him to make up those points, I think. I reckon they're pretty evenly matched. You know, I watch the World Championships. I, I think I think they are as fast as each other. May I would even say... give. Bling the edge. Uh, it's it's more that a, a green jersey edge. Oh, that's a nice <laughs> one. Throw that extra word in. Just oh, I just not sure. There's I a, think, a I think uh, Matthews needs to rack up the experience. He still hasn't won a stage at the tour yet. And Sagan has won many, and he's got a lot of his experience. And he's on fire. Yes, so yeah. Sagan's had his measure at the Tour de Suisse um, in the yeah, f- yeah. first few stages. At least he's won two, and Matthews has been third at best and hasn't finished um, in the placings on the other sprints. So. And, uh, I, take still, nothing. I take yeah. nothing from the Tour de Suisse now, to the Tour de France. Okay. Yeah, that's but, just me. Okay, well, I'm going to throw, throw this out there because since we're talking about Michael Matthews, bling, mm. the rumours are he's moving to Giant Alpeson. Uh, next year. I don't talk about rumours. And rumours are... It's not transfer season yet, is it? No, but you know, it gets earlier and earlier every year, you know? It's like when we put out the Christmas decorations. Yeah. You know, when the, when you go into Coles and Woolworths and they, they're just, you know, it's, it's like March and they've got Christmas decorations out there. Mm-hmm. Will that kind of talk affect 
selection with Orc Green Edge? Oh, interesting idea. I don't think so, no. No, I think they've planned it. They're still, you know, they've got to pay a salary for the year. They're not mm. just going to make him redundant. True. Yeah. And they've got to win stages at the Tour, and Matthews is probably the best shot of that along with Guerra. So. Yeah, because they're, they're, their ambitions are relatively modest. I mean, I think they're looking at a stage win and just a high GC placing with the eights. Mm-hmm. Is that... Well, we that's, that's great... what they say. I don't know whether Yates probably wants... It's it's hard. I, I think they've got too many objectives, actually. Really? Because uh, we still don't know whether Garens and Matthews have sorted their crap out. I think I don't care what they say. It will be decided. We'll, we'll see on the road. But can can you see Garens leading Matthews out for those intermediates? That would really help Matthews with his quest for the green jersey. But I can't. That, that would actually be perfect because Garens is so uh, cagey. He he would he would be the perfect guy for that. But he he just wouldn't do that role. I think there's reason for Australians to to be sort of excited about Green Edge. They had a lost tour last year, you know, we saw three of them wiped out in stage three. Mm. So that was, that's, you know, we didn't, we can't judge Michael on his form at the, at the tour, that the only tour he started because he's lay on the ground bleeding uh, after three stages. So. Oh, he did a great job to get back up and race for as long as he did and mm. last as long as he did to try and give him a chance to get back into form to ride into a, perhaps a stage win or something. And and a shout-out needs to... I think I've done it before where we referenced Daryl Impey Impe because he's just... He is super reliable. And when they're on form and, and, and it's either Garrow or, or Matthews on the wheel of Impey, then he's formidable. And we've seen a fantastic Albacini this week in Tour de Suisse. So we know that those... There's that, that that quartet is very strong for the, let's call it an undulating finish. Hey, you you just said you didn't read into the Tour de Suisse. <laughs> oh, you've got to take, be selective, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go along. Ten. I, I I only sort of went to Tour de Suisse to check out Switzerland, really, and then I, I think I did it three times, and then I told my boss I don't want to do it anymore. You just couldn't stand no. all that beauty. <laughs> <laughs> There's 22 passes over 2,000 metres in Switzerland. Yeah. Paved roads. So it's, I think it's 22, maybe 21. Right. Either way, one of them is the, what is the Gotthard Pass, and it's all paved and it's beautiful, and they rode it the other day in the Tour de Suisse. And I'm not referencing that because it's uh, as a preview of the Tour, but I'm just mm. saying the Tour de France is going to Switzerland. We can get to that later when we're talking about the race route. Oh. Do you want to... Are we moving? Is there any other candidate for green jersey? I mean, is Kittel back in, in that sort of no, form? No, I think Kittel's Giro pretty well put paid to that. I mean, I, th- I think he's really only interested in winning stages, and he'll only be interested in getting to Paris and winning that one. What about Degen Kolb? Is he riding? Uh, we don't know yet. Mm. He's he's getting back into better form, Degen Kolb, and it's great to see. Obviously, obviously after that horrible crash at the start of the season, so. Mm. Yeah, hopefully he's back in the best form and he can take it to the other guys. I've got the top ten of last year and there's, a, there's this other name, yes, this guy, the, this Cavendish something. Yeah, we, we, we forget about that little guy. But there's also a, a little fast Frenchie as well. That, yeah, Brian uh, Cockyard. Cockyard, yeah. yeah. And right? he he's, wants it. He, he's, he's, and he's going well. He's won a bit. Yeah, he's, he's no, he's, you could say Cockyard is no soft Seaworth. Anthony. But he's no <laughs> softy. No, no, come on. Come on. He's no yeah. softy. I want, that's what I wanted that's to right. say. That's yeah. right. In sixth place last year in the points classification was this guy called Chris Froome. I wonder if he's going to go for the green. He's no softy either. 
That's right. And who else is on that list? And then there's Thibaut Pino, Alejandro Valverde, yeah, Thomas de Gent, yeah. and Alexander Kristoff. See, they, you get... You, could, you use this for a reason. A yeah. A oh, resource. by the way, just just so you know, because this this will be this is actually a good segue into a shameless plug, <laughs> because um, Rob has uh, Rob has just put to bed the uh, Tour de France edition of the tour guide, the official tour guide in Australia, on sale today. Woohoo! And I can relax. <laughs> you sound very relaxed, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and in it will be just about everything you need to know about the Tour de France, bar the final. Rosters, I guess. Yeah. It's pretty much everything else. We try to preview it. We got all yeah, of the yeah, maps and profiles yeah. and the full rider list for every team that's starting. So you can sort of, mm. and statistics on everyone and yeah. commentary from Bernardino and Thierry Gouverneur, who's the race director. He explains the parkour. And Yeah, I like Hino's analysis. It's very <laughs> succinct, doesn't pull any punches. And it's largely based <laughs> entirely around about what he saw at last year's Tour de France. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, um, and, and basically, we're using we're using the uh, the, the 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 magazine as our uh, as our guide as well. We all use it here at, at SBS. So I reference that it's it. your ideal TV viewing companion. It's a, you can almost say it's a second screen. <laughs> Or a third screen. You've got. You've already got two screens, Phil. That's, that's you've right. got your Twitter feed running, and then you, you know, the, then the screen that you pretend to do work on. Yeah. And to turn the page, you just simply swipe. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Swipe right. Oh, it's also available left. this year. It'll it's be like available Tinder. for your iPad too. It's like Tinder. You just swipe left. How do you know about Tinder, Phil? Huh? <laughs> I've got friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Moving um, right along. Yeah, that's right. Is it um, Tinder or Grinder? Uh, oh, no, grinders. Oh, guys, guys, yeah. cycling, cycling. Yeah, yeah, so we're back to cycling anyway. And um, mm. so after that plug, so <laughs> we've got uh, we've got guys like Christoph, we've got Cavendish, we've got Kittel, we've got um, Sagan, and we've got Bling, who are pretty well. They're going to and and, uh, and, and yeah, and Chris Froome, <laughs> Cavendish, Buhani. <laughs> that's right. And, oh, Buhani. Wasn't that was Demar, your, Demar. Oh, good. Arnold Demar. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, right. there's a whole crop of yeah. Them. So Degen Cole. But realistically, after after the performance of the last few years, uh, yeah. I think the consensus is that Peter Sagan is the man to beat when it comes to the green jersey competition. Is Buhani going to knock himself off, or is someone else going to knock him off? Mm. And is it going to happen in the first week or first week? Yeah. Yep. Okay, because he's. I mean, what was the race where he was playing silly buggers uh, just recently? Dauphiné. Dauphiné. Gosh. First stage of the Dauphiné and he yeah. goes the over... The guy's the... got problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, he went over the line boxing, you know, a tribute to Muhammad Ali, but it might as well have been a tribute to his stage win because he was pretty combative in that in that final few kilometres, he- having a good old headbutt. He was... How in other words, he, in other words he was a rope-a-dope. <laughs> I don't know. I liked Buhani when he was with FDJ, but I'm, I'm, the, the more I see of him, the less I like him. He it's, just is just way too yeah. aggro, too 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 aggressive. Yeah. He wanted to be on the wheel of, of Christoph's lead-out man, and he was yep. making it as, as, as though it was his right to be there, and Christoph made a pretty poignant gesture of, get off that wheel, it's actually mine. So shall we call Nasser Mr. Excitement then, because we're not going to know what he's going to do I think he'll be gone week. by the end of the first week. Yeah. Nasser yeah. Puhani. <laughs> but Demar, why not? Yeah, but Demar, I know why not. I tell you why not, uh, and it's called Thibaut Pino. Pino, yeah, yeah. because they're they're uh, just uh, yeah. AG two R will be um, no nope. uh, FTJ. FTJ, sorry, uh, will be focusing on on uh, GC with Pino, who um, yeah. who had a very good uh, Dauphiné. Dauphiné as well. Yeah. 
So, okay, well, that, that pretty well puts uh, the green jersey to bed. So we might as well turn because the page. Of the, yeah, turn the page, actually. Swipe, oh, what? Are we swipe. just going to read this no, whole no, no, thing? No, we're going to read out of the guide. <laughs> no, no, no. We, if we jump straight to the yellow jersey, then we've gone too far. We have to get Yeah, that's right. We're talking about polka dot. Well, I mean, we could. If we turn the page like I just did. Yeah. Like literally, as well as in the discussion. Is that next on the It is next on the list. Would you like me to read last year's top 10? My money. Yeah, read last year's top 10. I don't mean to MC the event. No, no, go for it. This okay. is this is a uh, this is a broad church here. Okay, so uh, climbing classification. Yes, the mountains. All classification. mountains classification. Or king of the mountains. Or the polka dot jersey. Or polka dot jersey. Chris Froome won it last year. First time that the winner has been the winner of the king of the mountains since 2008 when Carlos Sastra got it by default. But we won't. Anyway, I almost all. forgot about that, yeah, so Rob. That's how much I yeah, we don't pay much attention. So there was a guy called Bernard Cole, but we've forgotten about him completely. He's a bike shop owner in Austria. What he came, he won the King of the Mountains in two thousand. Oh right, I then thought you were going through the him. top ten last year. No, I was thinking, no, 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 no. shivers, I watched the okay. wrong race. Back, back to two thousand fifteen's top ten: Chris Froome, Nara Quintana. First and second on GC. Yeah. Uh, Roman Bardet, yeah. Thibaut Pino, Joachim Rodriguez, Pierre Roland, Alejandro Valverde, Jakob Fuglesong, Richie Port, and Serge Powell's. And is there anything um, anything to suggest that those guys aren't going to feature again? Well, I think they're going to climb well. Certainly, whether they win the mountains jersey is a matter of what how the race is run. Run whether it goes to somebody who makes the breakaway five days out of you know the twenty one. Or it goes to one of the top climbers who consistently get a chance to take points at those um, those double point finishes that they have at the tour. So, which come when? Um, well, there's four summit finishes. I can't remember for the life of me which stages they are, but there's one that finishes on Mount Blanc. There's um, another one in the other Swiss finish. Uh, what's that one? Uh, the hyphenated one. It's coming to me. <laughs> No, I it's shall. not. <laughs> Is that uh, something? Something. Fino Emerson. Yeah. Fino Emerson. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. And then there's that Monfontu thing. Yep, there's that one as well. And one more. In the Pyrenees. You took the yeah. words right out of the guide. Mm. I don't want to keep no, plugging no, no, it, but no. I thought I'd mention it. It's just it. there in front of us as yeah, a reference it's, point. It's, it's just there. Uh, what, what was interesting, though, you know, looking at that list, what was interesting uh, with uh, the Criterium de Dauphiné was, um, was the winner. Tekla Hamanon? Yeah. Again? Yeah. Woo. Yeah. That right? guy's cool. So, I mean, last year was his first big dig at the classification, and he's expressed the desire to, to actually win the jersey this time around at the TDF. And he did that uh, He did that Dauphiné, and he looked good because we know he tries to get into just about every break and tries to steal the points early. Mm. So, you know, he's, he's a chance. I think you can, you can – another year mm. on, another year more experienced. Mm. Mm. And right? he had and a, a couple of desire. days in the polka dot at the Tour last That's year right. when he made his debut. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that was the first week. There's a big difference between first and true. last week. Yeah, and then there's, there's 28 mountain passes in the tour. Yeah. That's a few. But he's pretty pretty useful in terms of, you know, being a rider who can who can target that type of jersey. And he's also, let's be clear, he's one of those guys who can go up the road and the GC riders aren't really going to bat much of an eye. Yeah, They're going right. to be aware of him on GC, but he'll have, we would assume that he would lose time in the, you know, in the interim almost deliberately so that he can just skive off and take a few points here and there. Yeah, yeah. Um, also on that uh, Mounds classification at uh, at the Dauphiné was uh, Thibaut, Thibaut Pinot. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Cummings, who we'll discount because, you know, he's really a breakaway specialist. And, and realistically, Cummings is like the new Jens Voigt, mm. right? I like it. He's, he, I yeah, really yeah. like him. He's he's yeah. just able to craft all sorts of interesting hey, that, results. Hey, that works for me because I was trying to work out who is 
How can you classify uh, Jens Volt's successor? Sorry, Volt. That's right. Uh, yes. Because I was actually in my research writing, because I am writing the stage previews, I was thinking, well, we had the, you know, Volt was the successor to Jackie Durand, and uh, and then now now we have Cummings. Cummings. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair call. call. What about you, Jamie? You're, yeah, t- um, you're too young to remember yeah. Jackie Durand, aren't you? Yeah. Um, he was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he broke away with like 231K <laughs> to go in the Tour of Flanders and happened to win. <laughs> it was the 90s, man. That's, yeah. that's right, exactly. That's, that's, that's what you can do. Yeah. Uh, behind uh, Cummings was uh, Bardet, uh, Froome, Shirell, Serge Pauls again, Richie Port, Dan Martin. Dan Martin? Dan Martin. He's been good. Yeah, I, I think he could possibly do something good on GC. Um, I was a bit disappointed with him in the Dauphiné, surprising as that may sound, because he finished third overall. But I thought he could really win that race with how it was set up um, on those final climbs there, because those final climbs weren't tough. And He's got the and punch. Martin, yeah, as you say, Tan, he's got the punch that he yeah. could have made the difference there, and he just didn't look quite good enough to me. He uh, certainly seems a lot happier at Etics, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Or I'm not happier. I mean, he just seems to be more efficient. Well, more luckier, effective. luckier as well. He hasn't crashed a million times yeah. this season. So. <laughs> That's yeah. not a ballpoint pen. Sorry. Yeah. You, I put, think... you, put, you pull on that 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 that, um, that Cannondale outfit or that uh, the green. You know, Slipstream Sports uh, yeah. kit, and the first thing that happens is you fall off your bike. Yeah. Well, Cannondale and Dimension <laughs> Data are quite similar. They're both kind of all over the shop in terms of... Performance, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how are we gonna how are we gonna summarize the uh, polka dot jersey? We got any? Is it is it okay? It's a question. Mm. I sort of said that I didn't find the green jersey race as compelling as it once was. Yeah, maybe it will be again this year. So we've talked about that. But is the polka dot a big deal to you guys? No, no, not really. Not to me. It's no, not. no, no, it isn't because you know that once we get into the high mountain stages, then all the big climbers come out. And that kind of changes the dynamic of that. It actually kind of it kind of renders the jersey battle useless, mm. right? As a result, where you've got guys like Tekla Hemenot, who are who are really who really want to win it, who want to make that category work. Mm. But then the mountain stages get so high, and then you get guys like Froome or Bardet or whoever, and they just ride away with the category. They'll so. win it by default. Default. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. Mm. I don't really actually care about any of the classifications other than the major one. So right. I, I will hmm. not be writing about any of the classifications other than <laughs> the Myers Jean. But uh, how different is it? Like when Simon Clark won the Vuelta King of the Mountains, I was pretty excited. When Matt Lloyd won the Giro King of the Mountains, I was pretty yeah. excited. So is it just that I am I, I must be parochial? Yeah, yeah. just be, yeah. just yeah. boils down well, to that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be interested personally because I want to see how Daniel Tekla Hemenot does mm. in that uh, in that classification because. He really wants to win it. Yep. Mm. So I think, okay, fine. That's going to be my interest point for that category. By my reckoning, only Cadell and um, and Richie have worn the polka dot jersey at the Tour de France. And I don't think either have actually led the classification. They've been... Uh, because the actual leader has been in the yellow jersey. So it was 2011 when Cadell wore it. And then Richie's worn it twice, but he was both times... Uh, it was actually being led by Froome. I stand to be corrected, but the, mm. anyway, the, the, I guess that throws a little, just given my references to Simon Clark and Matthew Lloyd, is it a time where someone like Richie, Richie or Simon Clark or someone goes and, and, and 
climbs into it because they want to and or, they're an Australian. Or because maybe they've been ridden out of contention midway through the race and then all of a sudden, well, they need to readjust their ambitions and they look at a jersey and a jersey is something to something to carry away, whether you like it or not. Or so. even someone, dare I say it, Adam Yates, given what we saw of yep, him. You exactly. Know, like that could work, but yep. there's already too many ambitions for but that he's, team. You know, Yates, Yates is a guy we're going to be looking at mm. for, for the best young rider jersey. Yeah, because Narrow's out of it. That's now. right, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's where he's he wants to be placed, and I think that's where OGA would like to see him placed, in addition to, to having a high GC placing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, well, then I guess since we've done talking about the polka dots, we might as well discuss yellow. Well, I should I should qualify oh. what I said earlier. I, I do care about other th- things other than the major. I care about who wins the stage. I just don't care about these classifications. Hmm. I mean, until like Rob was referencing, you know, the battles that McEwen had with O'Grady and then Cook. You know, I, I like that's. I, you need to see a, a proper battle. And I don't that the polka dot is definitely one one by default as we saw last mm. year, uh, and Sagan winning for nonetheless impressive. I'm just not interested in mm. it. That's all. Okay. Well, I got, if, if based if the on guy that, who based wins on it that, never wears the jersey, then it's sort of yeah, it yeah. sort of lost yeah. some of its gloss. Okay. Well, no, mm. but let's let's take Anthony's point then. Who will win the most stages at this year's Tour de France? The Kittelader. The Kittelader. Last year, Greipel got four. Mm. It sort of snuck up, didn't it? There, just, there was that steady acquisition. Yeah. You know, there's there's like four four definite sprint stages in that first week. It's 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 kind of like the tour has evolved. It's very uh, pure sprinter focused. I'm going to say Chris Froome because there's two time trials that suit him. You know, he's won on Von before. He's won in the Pyrenees before. He's won the title a couple of times. Jamie? Yeah, I was just thinking about that, and it's hard to pick out anyone who's going to win more than two stages, though, I'd say. There's a few uphill finishes in those sprint finishes, Tanny. Um, I think they last K runs for about 2.5%, stuff like that, mm. which I think takes it in favour of a Sagan or maybe in, even like somebody like a Van Avermaet or Matthews. Mm. So, yeah. That, yeah, that's stage, stage two. Uh, but I'd say there's at least three, if not four, in the first week of, from memory. Anyway, there's at least three. So beyond stage six, you're on. You're yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It could be actually. There's the Champs Elysees. <laughs> I right, know. Exactly. I know that's a sprint. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cause, yeah. yeah. I'm giving that one to Kittle if he makes it through the mountains. So yeah, hmm. He's, he won it. I think he won it on debut in either final stage. Yeah. He, 2013. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to stick with uh, I'm going to stick with Marcel as the uh, as the rider of the the sprint rider of the year so far, to win the most stages in the tour. Okay. Oh, cool. He's my guy. Oh, yeah. Right. So he's my guy too. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie. Um, Rui Costa. The most. Jesus, that's random. Yeah, well, oh he, he took, my he, goodness! <laughs> do not do not put he took, he took any bits. <laughs> he, took two, he took two stage wins in 2014, I think, and both times in breakaways. No reason he can't do it again. And Joachim Rodriguez won two stages last year in the Tour. Oh, I forgot all about that. Ah, get a lot of little Perito, mm. right? He's a stage hunter. He didn't look so good the other way. The, he, he, never, he rode Dauphiné, didn't he? He never does look good, though, yeah. at the Dauphiné, so I think we can forgive him that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the yellow jersey, finally. 
The GC, the general classification, yeah. the winner of the tour. The classement général. Do you want me to do top 10 of last year? I can read yes. it out again. Yes, go for it. So yeah. my fingertips. What page is that on? Tell, page, tell people uh, what page. Page 12. Yeah. Chris Froome. Then at 1 minute and 12 is Nero Quintana. I won't read the time deficits for everyone else. Mm. Alejandro Valverde. Well, I will because no, he was read, 5 minutes yeah. and, fi- and 25 down. So yeah. a big discrepancy between first and third. After that, we got Vincenzo Nibali. He's won a bike race or two mm-hmm. just recently. Oh, four. Uh, Alberto Contador, Robert Hessink, Bork Molema, or Borka. 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 Matthias Franck from Switzerland, and he was 15 minutes down, but he was I am uh, for, for reference of people who don't know him because he was he was there, mm-hmm. clearly. He was, uh, anyway, on moving on. Uh, Roman Bardet and Pierre Roland, which is a big surprise. I didn't really realise he was quite that consistent, but also let's, he was 17 and a half minutes he, down. He wasn't that consistent, which was the surprise. He really jumped up into the um, GC at the end there with a bunch of very long breakaways, and he won, he won that stage hmm. into... Um, no, he didn't. Not last year. Oh, not not didn't win the stage. Bardet Bardet won the stage, and he um, okay. He was he was second, I think, behind. I remember him doing the Central very, de Maurienne. Yeah, I remember him doing a very long chase okay. um, to try and get it on. It didn't quite work. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the day that Bardet put the gloves off as he hit the climb, and then he went on and won the stage. I like that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he races with some real verve, doesn't he? I mean, I read a quote from him the other day where Pinesh. he was, where he was saying. Oh. Cycling's so boring these days. I just love watching like Alberto Contador and those guys ride, but the rest of the peloton's pretty boring. So. I also saw <laughs> a press release from AG2R today. Saying, no, a couple well, a couple of weeks ago, saying that in the interim between Liège Bastogne Liège and his campaign at uh, Criterium de Dauphiné, Roman Bardet went off and did a stagiaire as a media consultant. Really? Yeah, he just uh, and went and finished his studies and just uh, took a rest from the bike. Doesn't he realise the media is dying? <laughs> yeah, it's not a That's good. A poor I think it was choice. media. Either way, yeah. he went in and did an internship. I think he should open a bike shop for another that's, career. That's, that's a guarantee money winner right there. The Bernard yeah. Cole career career, career progression. Path. Yeah, <laughs> except with the coal part. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Look. It, anyway, so. So that's it, Roman Bardet. Anyway. So that, that, that's, uh, that's your top 10, and there are obviously big gaps and mm-hmm. you know as we get to the end of the race. So. And a lot happens in 12 months. True. Now, in the run-up to the tour, right, we've seen Nairo Quintana, for example, who finished second, you know, he had, he's pretty much, he's podiumed in everything he's done so far this year. He's either won or podiumed in everything he's done so far mm-hmm. this year. And now we've got uh, Ruta Sud uh, coming up uh, tonight, or it's like only four stages or something mm-hmm. like that. And I think we can pretty well expect him to win that, or at least, you know, be present. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been quiet compared to a lot of the other guys, and like he, he hasn't directly confronted any of the big hitters. He's an he's, altitude native. Yeah, yeah. I, I just so, like to get that word. Those couple of words yes, in on every yes, podcast right. now. Um, so preferring to train at home in Colombia and to stay at altitude. Um, do we think is from going to defend from last year? Yeah, Anthony. Uh, well, what I want to know is from the Dauphiné, we know that Froome wasn't at 100% and Contador kept saying he wasn't and he's getting better each day, which he sort of did. So it's just, it's it's all in percentages, isn't it? How, how, how much more has Birdie got? And same with Froome. But yeah, for me, you, you said it, Phil, that Quintana is just kind of like this sleeping... 
giant, yeah, mm. ready to sleeping, massacre everyone. Sleeping ant. And also last year's small. course yeah. was so much, I mean, it was perfect for him, last year's course. For? For, for Nara Quintana. For Nara Quintana, yeah. yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, Froome obviously deserves to be the favourite going in. I mean, with his record over the past number of um, tours and he, and in grand tours in general, he's just looked very strong. And I, I don't think we can read it too much into even those moments in the Dauphiné where he didn't look as strong as perhaps he has in the past. He's got plenty of progression left to go and I think he's going to be very tough to beat. I mean, Contador and Quintana, very good riders and they'll try and take it to him. But mm. I think everyone kind of does want that... Um the thing that you were talking about with Contador putting on a show and you, you do want to have four or five guys fighting for it rather than one or two. It makes a big difference will, in will, the dynamic of, of the race, you know. Will the depth of Team Sky allow that to happen, though? I don't know. I don't know. Because what do you make I, of Michelanda, the Dauphiné? Like, that's just incredible. Mm, the stuff he was doing from, like, the bottom of the climb to, to the top, it was ridiculous. I mean, pulling yeah. in Bardet and Pinot, who are very good riders, and he was just holding them by himself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, but Birdie managed phenomenal. to drop them all um, on the final stage of the Dauphiné. So, yeah, I mean, they, these these guys, this is the way to hit them is to don't to beat Sky. You can't wait till the final climb because they're all riding tempo mm. to the final climb. You mm. need you need to have the balls to go beforehand, and we saw Movistar do that on the. The stage, um, the second to last mountain stage, last year, and they, you know, they it, it could have it could have easily gone the other way. Um, I, I I felt they they had isolated Froome, and that's what they need to do. Um, there is a, there is obviously going to be a GC interest for Australian Richie Port, mm-hmm. and he rode uh, particularly well. Well, he rode a conservative Dauphine Dauphiné. Up until the point where he boxed himself in, and I'm going to say he boxed himself in, his own damn fault that he lost the podium, uh, lost the podium place because, you know, he he really needs to start to ride out of the shadow of Team Sky, which is the reason why he was boxed. Jamie. Yeah, you can't blame um, your positioning on somebody else's, uh, on another team's riding. I mean, you need to look out for yourself and make sure that um, that you can get yourself in a position to challenge for the, the win and not lose time, which is what happened on that mm. on that final stage. So tactically... For, for me, the, the message was more at Marybelle on the penultimate stage when he followed through most of the way and then there was about in the final kilometre of, of, of surging and Richie lost a, a handful of time. No, he lost a lot of time, over 20 seconds. Right, yeah, he ended up being know. like 22 seconds, I think, and he'd been, behind. And he'd yeah. been there, 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 and seemed to be managing himself. And, and, and I don't know, if I think about how the Dauphiné started with him coming second in the, in the mountain time trial behind Contador and ahead of Froome. He looked good. That's fantastic, mm. unbelievable. Uh, and then, I, I don't know, was he shadow boxing at Mary Bell? That's uh, something I've raised with a few people this week. I wonder what your thoughts are. You watched it more than most, by the sounds of it, Jamie. Tammy, did you watch it? Uh, I watched the final two stages. I, I just, it's so, it's so. I don't think you know, like Ross saying, he he sort of doesn't read anything from the Tour de Suisse into the Tour de France. I don't think you can read too much into the Dolphin AI either, because they're not. 
There's I a big mean, difference, and that's uh, at the Dauphiné. There were a, a big collection of guys who were going for GC at the Tour. Yeah, yeah. They're, and at they're... the Tour de Suisse, there's a couple. Mm, mm. I, I just feel that we we don't know how they're all going until the first mountain stage of the the Tour, and then we know that on that first mountain stage, Froome likes to sort of do what Armstrong used to do and smash everyone. Jimmy. So, yeah, I think what we found out from the Dauphiné is that Port has the potential to go with the best riders yeah. in the mountains, but we knew that anyway. Mm-hmm. The question is whether he can do it over a Grand Tour. Yeah, so he's never. He was, I, I keep saying this; it sounds <laughs> ad infinitum. You know that Port has never gone into a Grand Tour uh, as leader and come out as leader. He hasn't done that. When has he done that? He's he's only, you know, with the Giro Tour, whatever. He's only been a leader by consequence of, say, Froome crashing or he's gone into the Giro with high expectations, then he didn't even race one year, then another year, you know, he fell ill. So I'd like to see him, you know, with all the pressure of, uh, albeit dual leadership, going in and then coming out and doing a good GC, then then I'll sort of, I'll reserve my judgment on Richie until then. With the team leadership issue at BMC, because mm. we still we still have to see Van Garderen uh, finish fourth is is now fourth on GC at the Tour de Suisse, yeah. so we have until Sunday to find out how well he's going. But he looked solid. I mean, he did his TJ thing, which is basically just kind of ride at his own pace. Yeah. Um, I guess we really won't know until after Tour de Suisse what that whole team leadership question looks like. That was all. Uh, we've got an instance of, uh, uh, where we can compare what TJ does when he's co-leader. Where you can look at the examples with Cadell, but it's a completely different dynamic this time around. And Richie and TJ, they've been playing the BMC racing political game and talking it up and saying that their co-leadership will work. And I actually believe it. I believe it. I think the two of them are very similar style riders. They're very consistent. Uh, they're prone to having a bad day, but together they might just... Uh, you can't talk yourself through it if you're having a bad day. It's just going to hit. It doesn't matter what anyone else next, next to you is saying or whatever. But uh, I, th- I think that it's going to serve them very, very well this year. I've just got a funny feeling. If if one of them's in on the podium, I think the other will be in the top five. Yeah, yeah it's very different to if you and I have a bad day, Phil, and... <laughs> Shout your coffee or something, and then you have a better day. Yeah, don't you? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, it's, I didn't it's, quite follow that. Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> well, Any, it's worth saying. Any, anything, okay. any, I'm just saying a bad day at the tour is very different to every, a, bad, every, a bad day at the office. Yeah, at our office. Yeah. Yes, mm. that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The bad bad day at the office for me is stuffing up a quote. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So anyway, Van Garderen last year he was second when he when he left the left the tour. I mean, he was with sip- the sniffles. Yeah, I mean, okay, the I pro- probably a bit worse than that. He looked pretty yeah. distraught. That's what he called it. It wasn't me. Not my <laughs> yeah. quote. It's his. Yeah. Anyway, and and so yeah, no reason to expect why he can't go well again. And he did look sprightly at Tour de Suisse, as um, Phil said. So. Yeah, but I'm yeah. going to talk Richie up because I, I think Australians want to hear that there's the potential of another Australian winner. And, and I, th- you know, the time trial at the Dauphiné served us well. We got a good glimpse of him. He hasn't raced very much this year. Uh, I don't think we can make any appraisal based on what he's done in racing yet. Uh, the Paris-Nice, it was a long, way ago, a long time ago in March, but he put on a good show and he showed himself and it was one of the few races that he did do. And he got sick toward the end and he still was there battling away. So if he's managing his... 
Allergies. Allergies, his illnesses. He's gone through the yellow fever uh, injections and the problems that that caused in the, what was that, Romandy? Yep. And uh, he's he's on the, in the right f- mm. frame of mind. I think he's absolutely fed up with talking about how he's going to go in July. Uh, he's itching for the 2nd of July so he can just start the race and go and do what he can do. And... Um, me too. I think I think everyone is sort of talking about sick of hypothesizing of what might happen. I just we've been talking about the TJ and Richie and how they'll work together. I don't think that's the issue. Formal decide mm. who who is who becomes the old. I think it will, they will go in as co-leaders, but you know it's the form and uh, the consistency will decide who who and whether they're actually in the hunt. I mean, we you know. Are they going to be able to match mm. Froome, Quintana? I, I just felt Froome was holding so much back at mm. the Dauphiné. The team looked... For me, it's a team mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about Froome being on point. It's about that entire team being fully prepared when they really need him. And at Dauphin, Dauphiné, yeah. he, they were there when, they really, when, they re, when he really needed them towards the end. Mm. I so, think Richie holds an ace because he has such good knowledge of Froome and how he operates. And... You know, like I've asked him, is there some sequence in breathing that he can sense, you know, and uh, or, or when he's following Froome, when he's going to go? And he said, no, that he's completely unpredictable. He's got that capacity to go at any time. And I think that's interesting. But he also knows him very, very well and knows his traits and knows his habits. And it'll be interesting to see what comes from that. OK. And when, when they're head to head, I think that's going to be a fascinating uh, and quite compelling television. Yeah, yeah. So, Oh well, we're we're getting closer to the end of this uh, this pod, so let's let's have some picks, top threes. Oh, you go first, yeah. Quintana, Froome, and Bert. Bert being Contador. Alberto yeah. Contador. Yeah. Yes. I say Froome, Contador, Richie. Uh, I shall say Contador to go out on top with Froome in second and the little Colombian Quintana in third. Isn't it weird? I've, but, you know, we've talked about it at basically ad nauseum mm. and, and I had, that's, I've never really thought about who could be the top three until right now. Hmm. Oh, I haven't. Isn't it in your guide? No, we didn't do it this year. Oh, you didn't oh. do it this year? Oh. No, no. Right. You don't okay. like it because it was Tomo too good because I, heard, <laughs> I remember one edition you actually said that Tomo was the most consistent, which actually pissed me off too. Oh, well, no, yeah. no. Oh, sh- oh, remember just before we walked in here, we said Michael Tomolaris told us that we had to amuse him. Oh. Have we done that? No. Oh, God, it feels like a missive that I forgot about. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. But I'll make uh, I'll make my picks anyway, and it will be Nara Quintana, yeah. Chris Froome, yeah. and Richie Port. Yeah. In that That's order. my top three. Yes, in that order. Mm-hmm. Quintana will win the tour. I think okay. he'll be, I think he'll, okay. I think he and Movistar, I've got a lot of time for Movistar, uh, tactically, and I think he and Movie mm-hmm. Star will crack the Team Sky hegemony. So we've just basically given up on Astana. Aru doesn't get a look in edgeways on any of our predictions. No, I think Aru's going to freelance mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, I think he's he's liable to do just about anything. It's mm-hmm. hard to it's hard to find any consistency in him at the moment and with that team, mm-hmm. um, unless Nibali's Nibali was racing uh, to, to for GC. I think. Nibley racing for GC brings a little bit more organization to that team, but I think with Aru there, 
All bets are off. Mm. Look at this. We've got that's about what? Let's say forty-five minutes into the podcast. Yep. We're previewing the tour. The solstice is next Monday. Yep. In other words, we're right on the eve of the Tour de France, which is why we're talking about it, and we haven't said anything about doping. Yeah, you to break Why it, did didn't you have you? to bring that up? <laughs> just, just because oh, yeah. one is due, is now, there going to be one before? Well, the, because the, before okay, the tour okay, okay. Not? Hold on, okay. Well, look, we, we let's do this for about five minutes, okay? Because no, no, two, no, that's too long. Okay, let's do this for about two minutes, okay? That's so you, we've got one minute on two topics, okay. right? Operation Puerto, quick, because that just dropped. Uh, well, I don't, who cares? I don't, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, totally boring. Other than the fact that 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 Gaksh does tells some of the funnier detail, and it's not a funny story, but he does explain some of the detail of what went on. on it's the day it's actually rest. ripe for satire. It, it is. It's a comedy. It's and a comedy. He said that the, yeah. fun, the fun quote of, and let's face it, Puerto was an, an arrest uh, and a, a doping ring, but it's largely become a trial. And uh, Jörg Yaksha's summary is that it was a slapstick trial, yeah. and I think that's still what's going to come from here on in. And it's and it and it remains a bit of a sideshow, yeah, really. And, and so it's, and thoughts yeah. on that on Puerto? Because um, you were about what, like ten when it happened? Oh yeah. Um, other yeah. sports should be scared, I think, from what I've been hearing. So yeah. Jamie right. wasn't even born when Puerto <laughs> broke. He was a glint in daddy's eye. He was a fetus. Yeah. Don't ask him so hard. <laughs> I think uh, Rue is actually going to swallow a fly because, you know, he has yeah. his mouth wide open. I, yeah, you know, there's right. really big flies in the Pyrenees. He's actually the whale shark of cycling. Yeah. You ever seen one of those with the big mouths? You because, know? you know, he can't swallow yeah. fish because he's on a bike. So I think he's going to swallow, right. you know, a falcon or something yep. like that. <laughs> uh, and the second point, because we, uh, have to make, we have to make note of it, is uh, Cameron Meyer, right? Australian uh, writer with uh, who's multiple world, national championships. He's won so much. Tour down under, he's won. And at the age of 28, 28 he's pulled a pin on Dimension Data, and it looks like he's leaving the sport for good. Mm. Um, any thoughts on that? Jamie, actually. I think it's too early to make a call on what Cam is going to be doing or not doing. I don't think he knows himself at the moment. Mm. And I, I don't want to speculate really no. too much. I've seen him in points races and Madisons hmm. on the track, mm-hmm. and I've seen him in pelotons on the road, and he belongs on the track. And I think that's where he belongs emotionally. I think he really wants to be on the track, and I wish him all the best. And I think I tweeted last night, a decision is better than indecision, and congratulations, Cam, and we wish you all the best. Yep. Does he have time to get his stuff together to ride the pursuit in Brio? No, I don't think no. so. Oh. No, he's, that's that. You know, but he's still got one more games in him. I mean, I think he can he can nail nail it at thirty two if he decides to focus on the track over. I've the next seen four him years. win points races at the worlds, and it's just glorious to watch. Yeah. And when he's when he's on form, there's there's few people with such panache on the track. Yep. Okay. Yes, Word Jamie. of advice, Cam, don't join the media. <laughs> there's no money. The media is dying. And uh, <laughs> one final shout out to Keegan Girdlestone, who's. Oh, um, Who's um, stabilised now um, after his horrific crash um, the other the other day where he was in a coma for a long time, and I think everyone's thoughts in Australian cycling, South African cycling, New Zealand cycling are all with him. Yes, Absolutely. and and, and uh, for those who don't know uh, Keegan, um, he comes from a cycling family, uh, South African, but kind of New Zealander at the same time, and ho- holds so much promise as a climber, the kind of guy we were expecting or are expecting to see at a Tour de France. Uh, featuring in long climbing stages. Um, he is a talent. Um, let's hope he's able to uh, come back to where he was before. Stieg Brooks also came out of yep. his critical condition. He's yep. no longer in a coma. Yes, that's right. That was uh, another 
We've had too many of these this year, really. Maybe so, we'll be talking next without any reference to more comas. Yes, that's mm. right. And even motorcycle incidents at the Tour de France. Mm. Okay, so... Um, see you in uh, August. Yeah, <laughs> see you in August, that's right. You won't be seeing me, I'll be on a beach somewhere. Um, but before we, uh, before we go, I'll, uh, I'll give you guys a little bit of reminder of what we have uh, coming up on, uh, on Cycling Central uh, in just a minute. So yes, it, uh, the Tour de France will be live on your TV every night from approximately 10 p.m., 9.30 p.m. or so. Um, check your guides, but it'll be on SBS in glorious HD. And yes, it will be live in Western Australia, so you'll be able to watch the Tour de France while you're having dinner. <laughs> so get your cranky fingers off your Twitter and Facebook publish buttons right now. Okay, I don't want to hear about it. Okay, we're very, very touchy about this subject, and I know you guys are too. We do love you, and you're going to experience all the love of the Tour de France in Western Australia at the same time you're experiencing it, and we're experiencing it here on the East Coast. Anyway, as always, check your guides, um, and we're, of course, always on Twitter and Facebook to give you updates on, on start times, etc., etc. Uh, the race is also going to be available on your mobile device of choice, so you do have a sc second screen option, or with uh, Rob's Magazine, um, a third screen option. Uh, so head to the Apple or Google Store and download the SBS Skoda Tour Tracker right now, and there will be an update pushed uh, shortly uh, to freshen it up from last year. Um, and of course, we'll have loads of additional video on the website, replays. We're doing full replays on SBS 1 and 2, Right, so if you miss that night, if you feel like you can't stay up and watch the stage, we'll have it for you there in full during the day. Um, and of course, this stuff will be available online uh, and we'll have more news and more highlights and features. We'll be doing uh, some bike features on technology within the tour. I think Rob may be involved in that. Uh, a little okay. bird has told me. Okay. And um, one last note, uh, the Tour de France uh, fantasy competition will be back. You've asked for it. We're bringing it back. It's going to be sponsored by Latap Australia, which is a, a, um, a grand fondo that uh, SPS is running in conjunction with, uh, with the Tour de France in the Snowy Mountains in December. Uh, and the prizes will reflect the fact that, uh, that we're running this event. So you can, if you win the whole thing, you can get a full VIP package to this event. Right? So it's worth doing. Oh, fun. Hotel. Entry, the whole deal, and plus an additional special surprise, which is yet to be announced. And the fantasy thing is, you pick your dream team. That's correct. Right. Right. That, and that special prize is not meeting Mike Tomolaris because we need to make. Fun that's of him. Uh, that's actually fourth prize. Oh, yes. Awesome prize. So um, anyway, keep an eye keep an eye out for that because it's a big deal and, and lots of you really liked it and we we listened. Um, so pretty much uh, that's it uh, from us and uh, we'll see you next time, which will be on July 3rd, I think. Mm -hmm.